Hey, Hal. Hey, Jenny. What's going on? Not a lot. Recording a podcast. We are. And what's going on with all of you listeners? Welcome to Kissing Lips and Breaking Hearts with the Garden Tarts, a YouTubeish podcast. We are recording on May the 23rd, 2023. And if you're listening, it will be on or after May 24th, 2023. This is season five, episode 18. Getting it done. And sorry if y'all missed us last week. We actually had really good intentions. We did. Last week. But then the content didn't fall into place. And oh my gosh, how fast a week goes. That was crazy. So fast. So some big stuff has happened in the Bono world. And we've talked about it. And, you know, it's the end of his of his book tour. He did the 11 shows at the Beacon Theater in New York, plus a special event that was filming that they invited fans to. And then he had his final date in Naples, Italy, in the oldest opera house in the world, which was super indulgent and completely the right thing to do. Absolutely. I can't wait to see what comes of all this footage. I know. Neither Hillary or I or Garnet Hart and Amanda were able to make it to either of the... So I guess they filmed the final night at the Beacon and then the special event and then also in Italy. So it'll be interesting how those three things come together. And we weren't at any of those. So we thought we would tap into our listeners in the YouTube fam and have them share their experiences. So we're just hosts today y'all are the guests um do you have anything to add before we get into our first one not that i can think of yeah we reached out to the youtube community the youtube fam community on twitter and instagram and facebook on our social medias and asked people to share anything from just like 30 seconds to a few minutes. It didn't need to be technical or, or descriptive. Just like, what was their experience? What did they feel like? And we got three really great responses about New York and one wonderful one about Italy, about Naples. So we're going to share those. They're kind of, everyone's different. Everyone had different experiences. But let's start with our friend, Sherry Lawrence, from a long time YouTube world. She was with at U2. She's with the U2 conference. Now she is a mainstay. Everybody goes way back with Sherry. Yeah. Her Twitter handle is at U2 is able, A-B-L-E. So let's hear what Sherry has to say. Hey, Jenny and Hillary and all those listening and sipping your whiskey or beverage of your choosing. Resident Pop-Tart Sherry Lawrence checking in with some strange and startling thoughts from the filming that happened at the Beacon Theater back on May 9th. A lot was shared online already with set lists, breakdowns, etc., but I wanted to share with everyone that the whole experience was a culture shift from the stories of surrender shows some of us were lucky enough to see. First, we were told to sing. Yeah, that's right. We were then told to sing loudly and wait for it. Do whatever Bono instructed us to do from the stage, like we needed to be told that by the filming director. But I guess he was contractually obligated to alert us to the obvious. We were instructed to stand, which for almost the entirety of the filming we did. 
almost four hours of standing. Now we did have breaks in between, but four hours of standing? I guess they wanted a concert experience from us. Anytime you get to sing at the top of your lungs, City of Blinding Lights or Pride is a good day. And we got to do it several times. We also got to sing Bono Happy Birthday too. We sang the refrain in Iris and the chorus of Sunday Bloody Sunday with um, a solemnness. And it, the spirit in the room was so special that Bono even said from the stage how lucky we all were to experience something that special. So that was pretty cool. Then there was this magnificent backdrop that was used. It wasn't the one from the stage show. This was a new invention from the creatives to add some razzmatazz and flash to the musical numbers that Bono, Kate Ellis, Gemma Doherty, and Jack Knifley performed. It was a black curtain of sorts with white pixelated lights that was a little reminiscent of the 1970s. During City of Blinding Lights, it looked like confetti dropping. For Desire, there were dollar signs floating across it. For Where the Streets Have No Name, it looked like a sunrise or sunset. Simple white lights and geometric patterns, for the most part, throughout other sections of the show, like when he was doing the stories for boys bit while introducing the band. That was the biggest surprise of the day, in my humble opinion. Who knows how much of this concert-esque footage will make the final cut. Also, the stage lights were all white, no colors whatsoever. Bono was wearing his blue lensed glasses, which made me think that maybe they were filming in black and white. Someone was overheard saying that that was what they were doing, but I could never get it confirmed. There were at least eight or so different cameras in use, some on tripods, others on dollies, some being scootered. I was amazed there wasn't drone footage. Gavin Friday was also floating around for the whole shoot, keeping tabs on everything, as was Bill Flanagan. As the lyric goes, but can you hear me when I sing? You're the reason I sing. You're the reason the opera is in me. You know, sometimes you can't make it on your own. And for the Beacon Theater, Bono needed about 2,300 of us to help him make his film. Well, that's it for now. Hope to see you guys in Vegas. Cheers. Oh, Sherry, that was perfect. So perfect. So descriptive. Like, I feel like I was there. I know. I just, I have chills thinking about it. Yeah. And it was interesting about him wearing his blue shades because I think at the shows, he typically has the, those orangey ones. Yeah. And I just, I just can't wait to see what it looks like with this different backdrop and how that's going to mix in and if they'll even use that stuff. Right. Who knows? Who knows? That was just so... That was so descriptive. Thank you, Sherry. So next we have our friend of the Tarts, Jenny, who is in New York. She is famously known as Larry Mullen Band on Twitter. And she got on the horn with her friend Alex, who is in Amsterdam, but flew over for the filming. So they actually got on Zoom and recorded something. And it is a lot longer <laughs> it's so great but it's though. worth every moment and it's uh we're, i'm just really really thankful that they that they did this for us and sent us this file so take a listen oh hey garden tarts this is jenny in new york city uh we are going to give you a little information about bono his filming in new york city at the beacon so uh it's nice to talk to you hillary and jenny 
So this is the other Jenny in New York. I thought it'd be a good idea if uh, we had kind of a conversation with myself and Alex, who is in Amsterdam. Um, hey, everyone. That... Hey, Alex, how you doing? Good. So yeah, uh, Alex and I met just really quickly, brief backstory. We met in 2018 in Dublin at the Experience and Innocence Tour. And then we ran in, into each other again in Tokyo when we went to see you two play in Tokyo, which was absolutely legendary uh, experience to see you two in Asia. And then came into town to New York to see uh, Bono's uh, Stories of Surrender show. So uh, Alex, g- give us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Jenny. Yeah, so I live in Amsterdam, originally from Toronto, and been following you two around the world for quite some time. uh, And it's been an amazing adventure. So managed to get a ticket to the Beacon Show and decided to to hop across the Atlantic for it. (laughs) Yeah, so Alex crashed in my house, actually. He came over to see the the show a week before the filming, actually. Isn't that right, Alex? That's right. Yeah, and then you flew back again just because you you got the tickets for the filming, which was kind of incredible. Really exciting thing is that I can tell the the Garden Tart listeners is that it seems like most of the fans that attended the filming at the Beacon were New Yorkers. So there's fan club members, all the audiences, you probably know everybody in the audience in New York was a fan club member and they had to sign up for tickets, but just most people got them. So that was really cool interesting thing about being in line we kind of noticed Alex and I noticed um, gosh we're just running into people we haven't seen in years so people flew in from Europe people flew across America some I mean some people that came in from Seattle for it what what Um, time did the the line start Jenny oh that's a good question oh god okay so I think we got there at 6 30 in the morning like crazy people we kept on saying are we insane to get here so early and we were like the top 10 people there. So yeah. Um, what was your experience standing in line, Alex? Yeah, it was it was great. It was it, you could feel the energy building and building throughout the morning and and everyone socializing and sharing their experiences. Everyone enjoys the YouTube fans, I think, as much as as seeing the band. And then uh, you could feel the energy, you know, building right up until right up until it was time for doors. And then everyone kind of, you know, made a mad dash for for the front. And we, everyone was trying to figure out which rows were going to be open and which rows were full of equipment. And I'll let Jenny tell you where uh, where we ended up. Yeah, so we were kind of got super lucky. Uh, we were able to get front row, uh, which was unexpected and a, a nice bonus. Being in the front row, we kind of, the process is kind of like we're, had to wait for a while, hang out for a while. They filmed for a while, then we took a break. So that kept on happening for the several hours we were there. But in the beginning, I happened to have uh, one of the production crews standing kind of close to me. So I just kind of checked in with her to figure out, well, what is this process and what do you need from us as an audience um, so that we you know, gave them what they needed because they were kind enough to give us free tickets. So I wanted to make sure you know, that we did the right thing. And she, I thought was interesting what she uh, told us was that initially there was a VIP section that was going to be down in front, but Bono himself specifically asked that that not happen because he wanted the fans to be down in front and show a lot of energy and sing a lot. So Bono himself specifically requested that fans that were there early, earliest got in first because there was actually, they split the line so that uh, the line, two lines went in at once. 
Um, so I thought that was nice that, you know, that he gave people that opportunity. What is, what are your thoughts, Alex? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's a perfect lead in to talk a, a little bit about sort of the actual show kicking off. It, it was very much a behind the scenes uh, experience. So that, that, you know, who I think was the head of production, um, uh, an Australian guy would came out and kind of briefed us on what was happening and how they were filming and, and you know, gave us a cue that it was going to start. And so, you know, the show kicks off and you can kind of think of it almost like highlights just running through uh, different um, different songs and snippets, not a full show. But that intro with, with City of Blinding Lights playing and Bono narrating and then all of a sudden um, Jenny elbows me and says, look at the teleprompters, which we could see from the front row. And it said, walk in big, bold red letters. And sure enough, that was when Bono made his entrance. And the crowd went completely wild. I think um, it was that was one of the most lively crowds I've ever seen in any concert, <laughs> certainly um, rivaling those those best and biggest, you know, stadium U2 shows. That first opening with the set that they had where they had actually a, a light board behind. So it wasn't the drawings that the usual show had. There was this whole fancy um, light board with the, that they could program and do different sequences with just created such an energy because everyone stood up for, I think pretty much the whole show. Um, when you were down near the front, you could, you could see everything. You could see the entire stage. The stage is not even shoulder height. Um, so it was just incredible, incredible being that close. And I think one of my, my favorite moments of, of the crowd was, was after, you know, city of blinding lights ended and the crowd just erupted. And, I think Bono, we were pretty close to him, maybe like 10, 15 feet away. Um, he looked pretty surprised, I think, at the reception. And he said, wow. And then he said, I think this might be kind of fun, <laughs> referring to the the taping. So that was, for me, something that was just just incredible and, and that we got to see his reaction to the crowd. Yeah, what, what was your impression on that, Jenny? Um, yeah, Alex, I think that's pretty spot on. Um, I think over and over, I noticed throughout the uh, afternoon, because it was like we an afternoon taping, I kind of felt that Bono was kind of like shocked over and over, because I think he was used to 11 shows. So he just finished the 11 show run at, at the Beacon that, you know, there were people there that were YouTube fans, but not like the fan club kind of level of fans so that you know we knew every word to every song we didn't need a lot of prompting or cueing we were on our feet the entire time because during the uh previous 11 shows you know it was it's kind of it, it was kind of you know this is a broadway off-broadway kind of show yet a concert so the audience didn't know what to do should we stand should we sing should we sit um but the filming was very different it very much felt like a YouTube concert. We were on our feet the entire time singing every word. And I think, yeah, Bono was kind of like, oh, these are my people. This is my crowd. Okay. Yeah, this is good. This is going to be a good afternoon. This is going to work. That's that's the how I felt about his reaction. Absolutely. And I, I think what struck me too was that he was really, really playful and to the point where he would sit and tell us stories and, um, joke around with the crowd and people would 
would, um, you know, yell things. Someone said, we miss you, Bono. And he said, haha, I miss Bono too. I'm looking forward to getting back to being Bono and things like that. So it was very much a sort of a, a, it felt almost like he was in our living room and we were spending, you know, an evening with him. Do you have any favorite sort of playful moments, Jenny? Yeah. So the funny part was, um, so the director, I think his name was Andrew Dominic and he's from New Zealand um that he had Bono had an earpiece in so it was all the time asking for directions do I stand here should we redo this what's next and uh it got to the point where Bono would playfully say what are you saying God because like the director was talking in his ear so he was referring to the director as God and we just that was I thought was really funny by the end of the afternoon he was acting like that I was really impressed by the fans that would just sing every word, like even unprompted. I might have mentioned that a little bit earlier, but that just really kind of stuck out to me. And I really appreciated how Jackknife Lee at the end prompted Bono to sing the final song in Italian, uh, the Sorrento song, because he wasn't planning on doing it. Um, So I think everybody really appreciated that. And the audience sang happy birthday to Bono multiple times during the evening because it was the day before his birthday. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the sing along was, was, that was probably my most dream sing along scenario. Um, I I couldn't have imagined a better like sing along with you two and okay, it was, it was only Bono, but his, his backup instrumentation was phenomenal. Um, you know, uh, doing doing uh, streets from the front row multiple times because you know Bono had uh, had had messed something up and wanted wanted it to be perfect um, was just just unforgettable. So much energy and and excitement. And then, as you were saying, you know, the crowd singing along during Desire, Bono stopped singing um, at the part where it goes. Uh, Oh, sister, I can't let it go. Like preachers stealing hearts. The crowd picked it up and sang along perfectly and then went into the money, money, money. And then Bono came back out to the stage at the end of that. And he said, that was pretty good. And so <laughs> these these kind of little moments of interacting with the crowd where you're you're essentially the crowd was showing how much we love and appreciate him and his music. And it was so great to kind of see his reaction to that that was really really special totally yeah that that was the magic part of the night maybe for him too is that connection that you know he he can have with his fans and that we just jump right in and sing every word unprompted um yeah so that's that's pretty much all i have for our uh little uh chat with the garden tarts uh, is there anything else you wanted to add alex yeah, just one last thing. I think what what you know struck me is is you see these megastars like Bono on stage and they look invincible and they look like they have it down all perfectly. And I think um, you know Bono was an incredible performer. He did m- almost everything with one take. He got into character, you know, instantly. Um, but you could see that some of these moments in the show, like when he sang um, uh, Iris. It was a difficult scene for him to do. You know, there was a moment where he paused and wanted the crowd to uh, to sing along at the the final verse, and he said, he said, I want to do that again. I want I want people to sing for Iris. And when it ended, he, he kind of exhaled and said, "Wow, powerful stuff." 
and you could see that you know it it had kind of taken a lot out of him and and you know just little musings along the way like um uh, he, he said in between takes, you know, I, I miss my dad. I hope he's proud of me when he was doing the scenes with his father. And so, you know, you see that, you know, an emotional show for him. And I think, um, you know, we all certainly felt that we were sort of like holding him up through those parts of the show. So it was, um, yeah, that was really special for me as well. Yeah, Alex, that kind of prompted me to re- remember one thing about his dad towards the end. I know it, it obviously was very emotional for him to talk about his Iris, his mom, and 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 Bob, his dad. But he was joking towards the end, like uh, saying to the director, oh, God, don't make me have to kill my father all over again. Don't make me have to live through this all over again and the death of my dad all over again, like as a joke. So that kind of gives some uh, levity to, you know, a, a difficult thing he has to do every night, um, you know, pretending to, to speak to his dad when his dad's been gone for 20 years now. Absolutely. Well, um, how's Bono's voice, Jenny? What's your impression after seeing it up close? Yeah, his, his voice oddly is like better than ever. And I don't understand that. <laughs> And it's like, you know, as usually as we age, our voices go, but his has gotten better. Maybe it's the rest of all these years of not having to sing. I'm not sure. But yeah, he especially obviously when he sings in Italian and you really and he really goes there. I mean, then he transforms into an opera singer. So I'm I'm really interested in hearing what the fans have to say about the ones that went to Naples um, to see the show in Naples. Cause I know uh, the garden tarts are interviewing some of them. So I'm looking forward to hearing what their impressions were. Absolutely. And, and so, yeah, he had the low end with Torno Asodiento, but even when he was doing his falsetto at the end of, um, I think it was Sunday, bloody Sunday, right? It was just <laughs> incredible i've i've never heard him sing like that um maybe on early recordings but yeah i'm uh, i'm really excited to to see him on stage in vegas yes vegas here we go <laughs> amazing yeah. well a- any last last thoughts to add no i think we went on a little long but that's fine garden garden tarts will uh hopefully be able to edit it down but thank you to jenny and hillary for giving us the opportunity to share our experience at the taping at the beacon definitely once in a lifetime incredible experience that we felt really uh, privileged to have the honor to go we got the tickets absolutely and and to share our our you know, excitement and passion with everyone else at the show and with with the man himself. It was a great day. Yeah, it was a great day. Awesome. All right, Jenny. Thanks so much, Garden Tarts. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you at a show somewhere soon. Vegas. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Oh, man. All the details, all the feels. Front row and see... Like, I just think it would be so interesting to see all the technical stuff going on. Right. And this was obviously so special and so personal for Bono, like, as they describe in a way that people didn't really expect. And to be able to see that, what, 10, 15 feet away, they said, or something like, I mean, talk about, like, literally being in in the room together. Right. That's very different than even sitting 20 rows back. 
Yep. So thank you, the two of you. I know that you had to coordinate through different time zones. And <laughs> it sounds like you guys had fun talking about it. I know. I feel like we should keep an eye on them and make sure they don't start their own podcast. They really... <laughs> they Yo, we're so crazy. professional. You're really showing us up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, we have one more from the Beacon. Uh, this is from Josh Valentine. He's JC Valentine on Twitter. He's out of Colorado, and he was at the New York event. Hi, this is Josh Valentine. Uh, thanks for letting me come on the show. I was at the Beacon show, the finale that was filmed on May 9th. It was a true film shoot. We were there for six hours. That wasn't six hours of performance, but we were in our seats at 1230 and out at 630. Uh, what we experienced was Bono loose, uh, improvising off the cuff, and being directed numerous times by the director, which seemed a little chaotic, like most good film shoots are, uh, to go in certain places and to stand in certain places. But what we saw was kind of mesmerizing um, to see the man uh, take pieces of this show, break them apart, build them back up again uh, for the cameras. And it was a real treat. And um, he was in amazing condition voice-wise, and I'm so lucky to have gone. Well, thanks, Josh. Thank you, Josh. I'm, you're so lucky to have gone. I feel that for sure. I cannot believe one of us, were, we were not there, Hillary. No. This was, we were, this was very, very adulting of us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like literally couldn't with my schedule. I know you weren't able to go either. I just was like 10 years ago we would have been front row with that. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my goodness. So we're glad to have all of you. Finally, we have someone who went to the Naples show in Italy. This is Veronica. And just so thankful that, that she took the time to do this for us. She's a new friend for us. We had not met her before. She lives in Sweden by way of Chile. So... People are just all over the place, man. All over the place. And she, she'll she tell you, but she did not see the show in New York. And kept away from all the spoilers. So, I don't know how she did that. She's up, like, that was a long time. Yeah. She went a long time without uh, finding anything out. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's hear what she has to say. Hi, yeah. my name is Veronica and I'm originally from Chile, but I live in Sweden. And I unfortunately had missed the book tour when it was around Europe last year. I was working and I couldn't get some time off at the at the time. But when they announced the show for Naples, it actually worked perfect for me. And some friends and I, we managed to get tickets quite easily. We were very, very lucky with that. And so when we went to Naples, it was great because most of the people there I hadn't seen and you know, five or f four years at least. So it was a bit of a reunion with them as well. And also obviously being able to see Bono, he did sign some things on the day of the show and I had a little chance to chat with him. Um, I had an old photo of my mother I wanted him to sign. It was of my mother and him a couple of years ago. So that was also very special. And um, the show itself, I mean, I was probably one of the few fans there with the exception of the Italian fans 
who hadn't had the chance to see the show. Most people had seen it once, twice, maybe even more, actually. So for me, everything was a surprise. I had stayed away from spoilers. I had obviously, I had read the book, but um, but I didn't really know um, what was done on the set. So that was that was a great surprise for me. And also the fact that it was at the theater, this opera house, the oldest opera house in the world, and the building itself was just beautiful. Some friends took the tour inside the theater the day before. I, I didn't take it. But just when they shared the photos, I thought, okay, this night's going to be special. And also the fact that most people try and made a bit of an effort to dress up that night. That also made it quite special, <laughs> to be honest. And Bono's voice was just great that day. It was in, in a very good shape. Um, it I mean, it was very... It was a big deal for him. You could see he was not nervous, but he knew that there was a lot of stake. A lot of opera singers had sang there. When he went to greet the fans, someone told them, told him, we're, we're waiting to hear a great tenor tonight. And he said, I'm not even a tenor. I'm not even a rock star. You know, like <laughs> he was very humble about it. And he put on a great show, I have to say. It was really, really fun. And... um it was very special because after COVID, no one knew really what was going to happen with live music or what was going to happen with U2. They've been around for so long. So it was a great chance to to get to see Bono. It was um, it built up a bit the excitement for what Vegas is going to be. <laughs> but uh, but no, I think it was a great experience to see it. And as I said, I, I had thought I was going to miss the book tour at all. Like I wasn't going to be able to see it. So... The chance to get to see this final show was just great for me. And um, and I think the theatre really did make it more special than other nights. Uh, at least that's what people who had seen other shows were saying. They were comparing it and they were saying this one had felt like the best for them. For me, I had just seen one, so <laughs> I can't really compare there. But it was very special and it just... I think the theatre played a very big character that day. And also Bono had, um, he really, really put on a great show that night. It, it was a fantastic experience. Okay. Well, thank you. If any of you have things that you want to share with us, please feel free to do so. You can, you know, just make take a voice memo and send it to us at wearethegardentarts at gmail.com or um, you can send stuff to us via DM. Twitter now, you can send voice memos on Twitter, like audio memos on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and if we end up needing more stuff, maybe we'll use it. We'll certainly mention you. We'd love to hear about it. I would love to hear from people who went to the Naples show who also saw a different show, whether on his European, yeah, one of his European shows or at the Beacon or anywhere. I would be interested to hear that difference. Naples just sounds magical. Magical, yeah. Everyone dressed up. Bono on every high he can be on. Yeah, so good. So I do have a question for Bono over whiskey and cake. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind if he provided. I'm going to ask him if he would provide us with a voice memo telling us what it felt like to <laughs> Naples and pre-Naples. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that. That that would that's a great question. Yeah. He's got an iPhone. He can do it. Oh yeah. Easily. 
He just he he'll tell you his phone is full of voice memos. Yeah, I'm sure. Because it's all his ideas. I mean, he hasn't told me that. He says it in interviews. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure if you asked him, he'd tell you that. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Well, thank you all for listening. Yeah. And yeah. thank you to those of you who submitted your recordings. We're happy to be your host today. And we'll see you all next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. We'll be back next week with more YouTube-ish content. In the meantime, keep chatting with us on social media at the underscore Garden Tarts. Sign up for our newsletter at thegardentarts.com and share with your YouTube friends. You can support us on Patreon, buy me a coffee, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Kissing Lips and Breaking Hearts, a YouTube podcast with The Garden Tarts, is created, produced, and edited by us, The Garden Tarts. Intro and outro music by December. See you next week.